welcome to the sermon podcast of Paoli Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by Pastor Jonathan Mexel. Have you ever seen online those pictures of abandoned places? You were scrolling through and you saw them somewhere. It was the, the eerie abandoned auditorium. Or maybe it was those water parks that used to have all kinds of fun, but now they're just abandoned. Or maybe malls. They've become one of the popular places that have become abandoned in the last few years. And look what they look like after a little bit of time. Even houses can become overgrown and abandoned. It's sort of interesting and amazing to see some of these images, see some of these pictures, but you know what I think is even more interesting than those images themselves is to think about what those places looked like when they were freshly built, when they were, when they were first new. You know, I'm sure that whenever they were originally built, they were never intended to look like what we just saw. The people who invested the time and the money and the resources to make those malls and those houses and those water parks and all these other things, um, they only saw them with a fresh look of something that's brand new. But at some point, those things looked very different. Now we see some of those pictures. We see some of those pictures where those things that were intended for good are no longer there. So we have the, the stadium that was once pristine and ready for a group of people is now dilapidated and ready to be destroyed. Or the hospital quarter that's no longer shiny and welcoming. Or the amusement park that's no longer welcoming. The people that used to be standing, lining up to get into that amusement park, now it's abandoned and no longer a place to get to. Even the mansion on the hillside, and I'm not sure whether you can see that from a distance, but the one on the top from 50 years ago or so was in pristine condition, and now it's overgrown and, and run down. Relatively short period of time, something that could go from being pristine to be from this, this great, great thing in a relatively short period of time can be run down and worn out. The simple fact is that the things of this world, they don't last forever. But how much did that fill the minds of those original people who were building those structures? When an investment is made of time and money, was it really considered that the item or the house or the building wouldn't last? Most of us, when we invest our time, when we invest our money, we invest whatever it is of ourselves, we want to see those things last. We want to invest in things that are going to make a difference for a long period of time. Very few of us set out to start companies or to build buildings or to start organizations that we know are going to be sort of flashes in the pan, that are going to be finished in a short period of time. Given the choice between something that will come and go very quickly and something that will last for a long time, we're going to always choose the thing that's going to last for a long time. We want to make that kind of long-term difference. Well, this kind of conundrum that we're talking about is not new to our day. In fact, in Scripture, we see that Jesus recognized this dilemma that can happen between things that are, that are good for the short term and things that were, can be built to last forever. And he challenged his followers to see the investment of their time and their resources from the perspective not of this world, but the perspective of God's kingdom that will go on forever. 
Even the strongest, seemingly most secure organizations and structures in this world will come to an end. We're reminded of that every day, and we're reminded of that in Scripture. But Jesus invites us to invest in something that will last for eternity. So we're going to hear his words of instructions found in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 19, where we read this. Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consume and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the dark light if then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Now, as you might imagine from that scripture passage and from the first part of this sermon today, Mark's the beginning of our three-week annual stewardship campaign, this time of year, each year in our congregation where we, uh, at the end, make our commitments for the following year to the general fund of our church so that we can plan out and be prepared for the coming year. And on November the 19th, in two weeks, you'll be asked to make those estimates of giving for the year 2024. It's a helpful time for us as a church as we have a baseline of financial support and as we begin to set budgets and begin to look forward to the year that is ahead. But this kind of evaluation isn't just important for us as a congregation. It's also important for each one of us as individuals and as families to reflect on how we are giving of our resources, both to the church and in other ways. Where is it that we are placing our trust and our dependence? And one of the places, one of the ways that we can know where we're placing our trust and where we're placing our dependence is how we spend those financial resources that have been entrusted to each one of us. Money is one of those things that can quickly grab at our attention. It can jump up and it can get our attention very easily. In far too many of our lives, we never take the time to really evaluate how we're spending the resources that we have and, and to see whether those spending priorities reflect the priorities of God. Now Jesus understood the significance of money, making it one of the, the leading points in Jesus' ministry, one of the things he taught about more than anything else. But it wasn't entirely money that was the issue. You see, anything that takes a higher priority in our lives than our relationship with God can become an idol, can become something that we either inadvertently or consciously begin to worship. And money is one of those easiest things that can seek to wrestle our attention, wrestle our focus away. So money is one of those things with which we need to be particularly careful. And it's in looking at our, our money that Jesus invites us to see it from an eternal perspective, a perspective that will last far longer than this world, than our lives in this world, than anything that's around us. And to make his point in this passage that we're looking at this morning, Jesus began by first looking at the transient nature of money. He says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I don't often think about and live like my money or the money that's been entrusted to me is going to kind of go through my fingers very quickly, but it is, it is the, a fact. The things of this world will not last forever. We were reminded of that in some of those images at the very beginning of this sermon. And we're reminded of it on a, on a more um, low-key way every day of our lives. Have you ever gone to the, the cupboard and pulled out that, that um, roll or something else that you were just ready to use and it's got some mold on it? It's not ready to eat. You can't use it anymore. That happens to us more often than we might like. Or you look at the, the bottom of your pants or a piece of clothing that you have and it's gotten a little bit frayed. It seems like you just bought it, but it just doesn't seem to last. Or maybe it's something a little more significant than that. You, 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 you get a new car and it's inevitable. You get a new car and the first week or two that you have it, you go out after you're in a parking lot and there's a scratch on the side of that car. Or you get the new carpet in your family room and it, it's inevitable. Then a week or two, something gets spilled on it. It's no longer what you intended, what you thought it was going to be like, what you spent your resources to make it work. All of these things highlight for us on a regular basis. The things of this world, we think they're going to last forever. We think they're going to be in pristine situations forever, but it doesn't work that way. In spite of these realities about the loss and decay of our material belongings, though, we still spend plenty of time investing in the treasures of this world, don't we? We pursue bigger houses. We pursue nicer cars. We have basements and storage units full of all kinds of stuff. We want more exotic vacations. We want greater experiences. And all of those things are well and good. All of those things are, are part of living in this world. But we are reminded that all of those things one day will pass away. There will come a time in all of our lives, either because of the natural wear of these items or because our lives end in death, when none of these things will ultimately matter. Why do we so often have such a short-sighted view of the world in which we live? I think part of it is because the treasures of this world are right there in front of us. They're right there in front of us, vying for our attention, vying for our money, vying for our, our focus every day of our lives. We think we'll be happy. We think we'll be more satisfied with just a little bit more. Jesus reminds us here, all of these things will disappear. And so instead of focusing on the treasures of the earth, Jesus invites us to a different perspective. He says here, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. There is a way, Scripture tells us, to make investments that will outlive this world. And that sounds like a return that all of us should want to experience, right? The reason for that security, the reason for that kind of return, is that those investments are made in the things and the ways of God. Recognizing the frailty of life can be troubling, but we, we, when we remember that God is not frail, when we remember that we put our trust and our perspective in God, our perspective changes. The things of this world can and will pass away, but the things of God will never pass away. That should be an encouragement to each one of us. The, the events of this life can seem very shifty. It can seem like they're, they're moving in all sorts of different directions. But God is a solid rock on which our lives can be built. And that's why 
Our focus should be looking at the resources entrusted to us from an eternal perspective. Here's the interesting thing about that. When our focus and our attention is on the ways of God, God works in our lives to give us a peace and a comfort and a guidance that all of the material things in our world can't possibly do. We spend so much time worried about and scrambling for the material things of our world. And once we get them, trying to protect them and trying to, to keep them in their pristine ways. But we're reminded that those things will pass away. But God will provide for us. And the treasures built up in God's kingdom will not pass away. I know what question might be going through your head there today. That all sounds well and good, but what does that mean? What does it mean to store up treasures in heaven? I'm not in heaven now, so how can I invest with this eternal perspective in mind? Well, in short, eternal investments center around things that will last for eternity. And what things will last for eternity? Relationship with God will last for eternity. Relationship with brothers and sisters in Christ will last for eternity. Relationships with others as they recognize their need and as, as they are drawn into a relationship with God, those things will last for eternity. And so the question is, when we think about how do we use our money, how do we reuse those resources entrusted to us? In what ways are we using those things and in what ways are we contributing to those things being used to make an eternal difference? Now in terms of practical ways to play this out, the clearest way for each one of us to build up relationships between humans and God is by supporting and giving in our local church. The, the, the Bible talks about a tithe, a 10%, as a guide, as a, as a guide to how do, we, how do we understand and begin to look at um, how we should divvy up and how we should utilize the resources at our disposal. We're also reminded, though, in Scripture that not just 10% of what we have, but actually all that we have comes to us from God. And so Jesus reminds us, and, and Scripture reminds us, that we are invited to see those things as entrusted to us, held in our hands loosely with asking God, how are you directing me to utilize these resources? How do you want to make a difference with these things in which you have trusted to me? 10% is a guide, but 10% is not just, is not, is not an absolute thing. It's a, it's a way for God to help us to understand in what are we placing our trust. We as a local church are individuals, men and women, boys and girls, coming together, seeking to make a difference in our community, seeking to make a difference in our world. Organizing children's activities and student events and adult studies and outreach events into our community and around the world where we seek to express the love and the hope and the good news of Jesus Christ. Those things are building up and making an eternal difference. When you give to the ministries of the church, you're making a difference in this eternal kind of way. And while the local church is the, is the most direct way that you can give those gifts, there are other ministries around us, around our communities, around the world that are likewise seeking to share the gospel and the hope of Jesus Christ around us. And so supporting them and, and, and encouraging them with our resources is another way that we build up resources for eternity. A second big way that we build up treasures in heaven, Scripture tells us, is by using our material resources to express the love of God in Christ in tangible ways for the people around us, both near and far. And that starts with our, with our families. 
Do we see needs in our families, and do we have an opportunity to extend that love of Christ in real and tangible ways? Now, that's not an invitation for, for laziness amongst the people around us, but it is a reminder to us that we have a responsibility and an opportunity to express the love of Christ in a real and tangible way and to, by using the resources entrusted to us in our families. And beyond that, to our family of faith. When our brothers and sisters in Christ go through those periods of time in their lives where they are struggling, where they need some assistance, extending that love and that hope in real and tangible ways. And then taking those circles out even further to our neighbors, our neighbors in our local vicinity, our neighbors regionally through ministries like City Team and Cornerstone Christian Academy, through our food closet and Wonder of Christmas and other similar kinds of opportunities to express and extend the love of Christ beyond us, to our brothers and sisters around the world, places like Belize and Egypt and other parts of the world where we have the opportunity to use the resources entrusted to us to, in the name of Jesus Christ, express that love in tangible ways and also by verbally helping them to understand the good news of forgiveness and hope in Jesus Christ. Why is this conversation so important? Was Jesus merely interested in getting our money? Or is something else at play? The simple fact is that Jesus doesn't need our money. God has all the resources in the entire world. God, in fact, created all the world. God's invitation to us to evaluate how we're spending and utilizing the resources entrusted to us is as much for us as anything at all. It's really a question about in what are we placing our trust. Jesus says this very clearly here in verse 21 when he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And again in verse 24, you cannot serve God and wealth. The reason that Jesus was so persistent in talking about money was that money is one of those places where we can, we can really, we can talk a good talk. But at the end of the day, how do we actually spend those resources says a lot more than what we actually say out of our minds. And so it's important for us to evaluate that, to look at how have we been spending our money over the last year? How have we, and does that reflect the, the will and, and advancing of the kingdom of God? It's one of those things that I can't answer for you, you can't answer for me, but before God, we can be, go before God and we can say, Lord, how am I doing in this area of my life? How are we as a family doing in this area of our lives? Are we, are we having kingdom godly priorities when it comes to how our money is spent? Or are we doing it, using it in other kinds of ways? The real measure comes as we look at the actual ways in which we spend our resources. Paul, the Apostle Paul, sums this up well. He talks to him more generally, but it, it applies to Scripture in Galatians 6 when he says this. He says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For you reap whatever you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life from the Spirit. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those of the family of faith. As we look at the resources entrusted to us, what do we see? Is it heavily stacked toward the things of this earth that will pass away? Or is it stacked toward things that will have an eternal value? 
I think we all want to be wise investors. And Jesus reminds us that such wisdom starts with an eternal perspective centered on building our relationship with God and with one another. So it's a simple question. How are you doing with that? 